Omar Torres. I'm Dom Maldonado. Dom, how's everything going? Going well, man. You know, just uh, saw this really, really good movie. Uh, and I, I think, you know, we should definitely talk about it. Oh, yeah. Let's let's skip the one that we were going to talk about and do that one instead. Great, great. <laughs> well, what movie was it? Make sure I've seen it. Right. Uh, it uh, got nominated for a lot of Academy Awards. So I hope you at least heard the name. It's called Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher. Yes. Not oh. a, Yeah. I think... Is that the one with uh, uh, Miley Cyrus? Uh, I think that was a different fox catcher. Oh, <laughs> this is uh, so, yeah. sorry. That one was that was late last night. My bad. <laughs> sorry, I, I was like, do we see the same thing? Is this yes. the same one? Is this at, at Foxcatcher sixty <laughs> nine? No, Skinamax. You know, <laughs> Showtime's and yeah. no. Today we're talking about Foxcatcher, you guys. Um, as Dom said, nominated for uh, a lot of uh, Academy Awards. I think eight, eight Academy Awards from uh, from my recent research <laughs> into the movie. Um, Steve Carell gave a great performance. Oh, I was wrong. Five nominated for five Ooh. Oscars. You just gave him another three <laughs> that they that they got nominated and lost. You just, I, I gave him Meryl Streep numbers. Just... <laughs> 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 oh, sorry about that, Foxcatcher. But uh, yeah, Steve Carell, great performance. Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo, a lot of really big names in this uh, in this feature and, right you know. and actually a fairly small cast and they do a lot uh with yeah. keeping a fairly small cast you know a lot of how do you call it supporting and non-speaking roles yeah. but they really give you know a lot of uh depth to all these different characters so it kind of focuses on wrestling so there's like a team of wrestlers right but we don't exactly know everybody's name but it was good that you saw mm-hmm. you know whole team there and then when we see the you know the duponts right there's like other people helping manage the whole estate right but we don't know everybody's name but it's like wow like they did a good job making sure that they filled you know all yeah. these different industries and professions with you know making it look very busy yeah so um so the film basically follows uh the relationship between um mark schultz and uh john dupont of the dupont family the right. big fortune uh, yes, the uh, the chemical supplier, the chemical engineering family. Uh, as Don pointed out to me, yeah. they have their their own car in the NASCAR. No, no I'm not <laughs> sure if they own a car, but they're like a big sponsor. They got big ass decals, and I know them shits cost money. So, <laughs> yeah. And apparently, according to some research we did, uh, the History versus Hollywood.com. Thank y'all, folks. They were uh, big into uh, developing gunpowder in the 1800s. And I think they even do a brief introduction of the DuPont family when actually uh, Mark Schultz has to sit down and watch the DuPont film movie. Yeah. And it talks about how he's like pretty much, you know, the, the white Jesus of their time and how he has all this money and where it all came from and how they make chemicals, you know, for warfare and just all types of other industrial purposes. But basically, you know, if it's if it's any fucking chemical probably ranging from like KY to any sort of lube or anything that you know blows up or does not need to be any any whatsoever chemical probably somehow DuPont family had their fingers in this at one point or another 
So it's just tons of fucking money, right? So that's very important in this film because when they have that much generational wealth, shit gets very strange and, you know, nothing is outside your reach, as we will see. I want to go ahead and say um, this podcast is called In Reality and uh, <laughs> we're not always speaking the truth either. <laughs> so right. uh, I don't think they created KY Jelly. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that they created KY Jelly. I'm just saying as a chemical engineering <laughs> company, uh, I would not be surprised if they had patented KY Jelly. Yeah, if they had their hand, <laughs> yeah. if they had their hand in Hands KY in Jelly. Yeah. If all they, in it and in all in Fuck it. it. Yeah, I'm saying armpits deep. <laughs> it's okay. KY. <laughs> all right. Uh, but uh but uh, not to digress. So, um Omar, how do you feel about how this film uh how it opens up, right? And uh we see these two brothers, Mark and Dave Schultz. Mm-hmm. They're wrestling with one another and you know very humble beginnings and uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts when you, when you see you know the first ten fifteen minutes? Well, uh, I thought it did a, a pretty good job of establishing who Mark was, and uh, <laughs> if you look at kind of the reality of the situation and what was actually happening at the time, uh, it gives a good impression of what was going on in the wrestling world, and. Um, even now you don't hear about the wrestling world you know it's something that's so far beyond us and most of us only ever see it when you're teaching your kid how to do a move for his high school competition or um or the olympics comes on every four years and hey uh wrestling yeah u.s better win this one (laughs) yeah not wrestling but like so entertainment wise we're familiar with the wwf right wwe the the wwe formerly known as the wwf the world wide wrestling federation then became wwe 18 other names exactly E-F-U-C-K. so some might say yeah that is professional wrestling like you know it's entertainment sport at that point it's a spectator event. But, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, I don't know, right? Because, uh, you know, there's like, there's minor league, you know, and international basketball. There's professional basketball, Olympic basketball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to exist in the same, you know, scope for wrestling. Like, there's college wrestling. You get scholarships. Okay. You go to the Olympics. Um, all right. There, there's a job for you once every four years, like you mentioned. But... Mm-hmm. What about all the other time? If you don't want to be an actor on TV, like there, there's not yeah. a large... You know. And there's there's other markets that wrestling kind of taps into, but it doesn't address specifically. And uh, I think you see that a lot with kind of the UFC. Yeah. And um, boxing. Yeah. Like those are two markets that have potential, even though boxing has right. kind of died. It didn't die. Right. Excuse me. Pretty saying, boy, Floyd Money Mayweather. <laughs> it's uh, it's still out there, but it's not yeah. as uh, prevalent. And yeah. um, but you're right. It's combative arts type of physical yeah. strength training. It has a lot of you know flexible things there. But um, that's another big part of this film is there are these gold medalist uh, wrestlers, and they're having a hard time just living life and and you know pursuing their dream. Yeah. And their career of wrestling because 
you know, nobody seems to give a shit about gold medalists. And um, despite them being, you know, in the top physical condition of their lives and doing all this amazing stuff, you know, uh, the person that gives the most shits about them is crazy motherfucking DuPont. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy people who who want a stake in something. And this happens uh, uh, to kind of go off topic a little. This happens with a lot of... um, college majors and stuff like that too a lot of times you see especially people and we know this I know this from experience people in art schools and things like that who go and uh, establish themselves in a major and maybe have some success and the only jobs out there for them are struggling to do something or becoming a teacher right and uh, and America don't give a Fuck about teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and the Schultzes kind of, the Schultzes essentially become teachers, mentors. That's mm-hmm. what they are going to do to make money. Even if they're gold medalists and they're, you know, perfect spe- specimen and this and that, they need to make money. Mm-hmm. And a good way to make money is to teach other people who want to learn your trade how to learn your trade and so um and so that's how they kind of end up that's what motivates and drives them into the fox catcher farm yeah so it's not like they are right this isn't like some snow white or or disney i love disney films but this isn't one of those things right which is gloriously written and you meet a handsome prince or princess and they're just in a fucking castle which happens to be a fox catcher farm no they're driven there by the monetary motivation that i want to pursue my dream but I don't want to stop what I'm doing, but I need money. And this mad money millionaire, John DuPont offers all of that and pretty much rent free. And so in all another thing, all this shit takes place in the eighties, at least in the film. And that's, you know, Omar, do you think that's a big deal? I think that's like kind of a big deal because the, the economics was different, you know, crack cocaine just hit the scene (laughs) although (laughs) although that only has a small piece small piece and it was probably just just pure cocaine yeah it probably wasn't the cheap stuff (laughs) it was probably the uh, more expensive high class cocaine but just keeping in mind you know all this whole trickle down Reaganomics right Eddie Murphy like all this shit was just happening right this (laughs) this is 80s 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 Uh, Michael Jackson right when in reality uh a lot of this didn't happen in the 80s and uh, again I want to credit History versus Hollywood the website you guys can go on Uh, it's historyversushollywood.com they have a lot of stuff about it I think a lot of it they took from Mark Schultz's book which they uh, also give credit to that that is called Foxcatcher the true story of my brother's murder, John DuPont's madness, and the quest for Olympic gold, which uh, I'm sure you can buy on Amazon or rent from the library and things like that. So, um, that's... very nice library. <laughs> Nobody pubs libraries anymore. Those motherfuckers get more less respect than Olympic gold medal wrestlers. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah, the library is a, is a source a source of uh, unending knowledge. Wow. Um, so go to the library, kids. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but after 
you listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah, put on some <laughs> fucking headphones and listen to this in the library. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can take us to the library. Meet all kind of sapiosexuals in the library. Oh, yeah. You can look at a dictionary and understand <laughs> what a sapiosexual is. <laughs> so, <laughs> but probably don't do that. <laughs> so all this happens in the 80s. We're dealing with this character of, of John DuPont. In the movie, it happens in the 80s. Right, right. So, yeah. So also, you know, we're going to be using, like, the film is the baseline here because um, reality, we, we really didn't watch reality. Uh, it just happened way before we could get a glimpse at it and it took way too long. Yeah, the one reality I did see, I'm still trying to get rid of. <laughs> so, it's called my life. So, yeah, and who knows? It might have a happy ending. Maybe. If you get Wes Anderson involved, I, I bet, bet that shit going. <laughs> <laughs> my, well, hey, uh, all I got to say is, uh, Scarlett, are you available? <laughs> and so Scarlett Johansson not <laughs> she heard you she just didn't want to respond and so so when we have these kind of uh, power players at work uh, what it leads to is we have Mark Schultz who oh he has no uh, family no wife kids uh, but his brother Dave does which is another big deal because Mark is quick to move he sees this opportunity that John hands him uh, and he jumps on it moves to the farm he starts training uh, and he can do it very quickly and he doesn't even know what price to negotiate when he's talking about a salary because mm -hmm. he's, he's never had this opportunity and even if you did it's like shit you know you're so unprepared that somebody's really yeah. going to finance your dream yeah. and uh, let's real quick I think uh, some background on John DuPont um just so people get an idea of who he is he uh chemically unstable yeah he is very um he comes from a family he was he was born with an inheritance that's outside of this world just more than uh more than anybody should really ever be given just freely like that it's almost like a sin right <laughs> right and um his father was not a carpenter yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his mother was not a virgin. <laughs> and uh, speaking of his mother, she was more on the equestrian side, and uh, they uh, chased foxes around. I guess um, is what the movie claims. I'm not sure. Yeah, so a, there's like a little side story about how and why it is called fox catcher, but they don't like physically run after foxes. Like that, that has no real bearing on on you know. No foxes were harmed in the making of this film. Yeah. It's, Maybe in real life. Yeah. Again, yeah, we didn't watch that. So. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll never know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so she's she uh, kind of it, she has this idea that wrestling is not as sophisticated as somebody of his standing. Right. Um, and he. He always feels kind of left out and like he's doing something wrong, even though he really loves to do it. Right. So he feels like coaching is his opportunity to show that it's important and it can lead to very good places like the Olympics. Right. Right, so he takes up this you know, seemingly noble cause of guiding you know, these young men 
into their Olympic dreams and showing them, you know, yes, equestrian is a very gentleman sport. It's definitely a wealthy fucking sport. You won't catch motherfuckers in Compton doing equestrian on the weekends. <laughs> wrestling, some wrestling maybe. But, you know, he wants to bring that and say, hey, you know, this is also very, you know, can also be a high art, if you will. Um, and it's like you mentioned, coaching. It wasn't enough that he owned the team and like the most dopest fucking stadium ever. It wasn't enough that he had like all this land and money. He wanted to be the coach, not just some guy on the side. He wanted to be the Jerry Jones motherfucking coach. He wanted to be the president, the CEO, the owner, the coach, and probably on a squad if he could, <laughs> right? And he says, you will call me a you know, coach or the eagle. <laughs> Real shit. And, um, you know, and he's very adamant about, you know, asserting his authority and making sure things are, you know, progressing the way he wants them to go. So every now and then he'll, you see him in a film, he walks into their practice, says, all right, now, now you need to work on this, or let me show you this. And it's like, yo, what the fuck do you know about wrestling? You should probably just let us handle it instead of like trying to interrupt it and impart your nonsensical millionaire advice that has no fucking bearing on our broke asses. But he's the millionaire. <laughs> right. So do where do what the money tells you to do. Right. And I think a, a lot of our podcasts will probably have will probably deal with this topic. Money is money. People want money. People need money. Money is a lot of a lot of what happens in the real world and what drives a lot of people to do some of the these decisions dumb and, yeah dumb sometimes smart things that yeah happen. and until we have all that money our podcasts are gonna sound like this and but believe me <laughs> you will know when we have that money because yeah. we'll start talking about like you know i hate it <laughs> when you're eating fresh lobster <laughs> Or we'll stop talking all together. Well, if, yes. we have, if we have money, why keep going? Fuck no, y'all. No, just just kidding. We love you guys. We'll keep we'll keep doing it. Just you can send us money. We'll keep doing yeah, it. Yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, y'all send us money, podcasts will get way better. Promise you that. <laughs> we'll give you both sides of the argument. What it's like to be rich and broke. And then if you want, you can just make all the checks out to me. That way Omar can still tell you what it's like to be broke. And I'll just give you the rich side and we'll fight it out in the middle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> We're coming back for the second half. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.